I know what you guys are thinking. Pastor Doug, when did you get so much hair and start to look this way? <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm not Pastor Doug. I don't know if you guys know that or not. I'm actually his son, Garrett. Uh, so we do share. I share. Actually, my middle name is Doug, so it kind of works. Um, actually, um, I want to tell you guys a little funny story. 6 a.m. this morning, my alarms are going off, but I also get a phone call. I'm like, what's going on? It was my dad, Pastor Doug. And he's like, hey, bad news. I haven't slept at all tonight. I've been sick all night, and I don't want to come to church and get anyone sick. And I was like, that's probably a good, good move on your end. Um, good news is, it's just a stomach bug. It's nothing too serious or anything, um, but still uh, not fun for him, and it's something that he needs our prayers in, so be considering him this week. Uh, but that does leave us with a bit of a hole, right? Um, uh, we don't exactly um, have this situation very often. And, uh, but, you know, with everything going on, we want to be extra cautious and not be getting anyone sick or exposed to anything. So, um, yeah, like I said, he's, gonna, he's actually watching at home. So, hello, Dad. Nice to see you. Um, <laughs> And uh, him and my mom, my mom's taking good care of him. So they're all good. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of a different kind of vibe, different service today. And so unlike him, I'm a wise man. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be up here, uh, I'm going to sit down the whole time. So that's why I brought some stools up with me. Um, and I also have some friends that I want to kind of introduce you to, or maybe you can get to know a little bit better. So I brought another stool up with me, and that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it's going to be a much shorter service than normal. So you know what? That Super Bowl Sunday, this is a good Sunday to have a shorter service than normal. Let's be honest. Um, my mom actually, my mom texted me this morning and said, you know, you should uh, like Photoshop your dad at SoFi Stadium and just put it on the screen and just like, well, he got tickets to the game. Sorry, guys. Didn't happen, but uh, he'll be rooting for the Rams at home today. Um, so anyways, um, if you don't know who I am, I am Garrett. Like I said, Pastor Doug is my dad, but I'm also on staff here. Um, I teach our youth. I do a lot of different things, and I'm excited to kind of bring you a little bit today. One of those things that I wanted to do was uh, make you aware of something. So um, like I said, I have some friends who are going to join me in just a little bit, um, and the reason for that is... The last few weeks, uh, if you're a part of our email chain at all, or you may have been um, here the last few weeks, you've probably heard something about uh, new elders coming to our church. And uh, with Pastor Ricky recently leaving, he was one of our elders, so we, we do have a little bit of a hole in that area. But um, God knows what he's doing, and God's timing is perfect, and God's had this planned out the whole time. And we're really blessed because there's actually two men who are going to be stepping into the role of elder at this church. Um, and elders sometimes mean a little bit different things at different churches. Um, so let me give you a very quick, very brief, not extremely in-depth um, analysis of what that means for our church. Um, our church is elder-ran, so any big decisions are made through our elder team. Uh, it's a unanimous team, so any decisions they make, they come together they pray over, um, and if their decisions are not unanimous, those decisions do not go forward. So the men at our church who are elders are um, currently Pastor Doug, Fritz Fidel, and Dave Denstead. Um, and then in the next few weeks, we will be welcoming uh, two gentlemen on the team as well. That is David Marley, and that is Scott Small. So, yes, give him a round of applause. Um, so... 
we thought we would use this time since we're kind of like, okay, what do we do today? I didn't exactly have a sermon prepared for you guys, so we thought we'd use this time to kind of introduce you guys to them a little bit. Most of you know at least who they are. You've probably seen them either on stage or at some sort of event. Um, they're frequently here, and they're a big part of this church, but um, that doesn't mean you all know them extremely well, or maybe you haven't heard a little bit about them, so I wanted to just give them a brief chance to come up here, give us a few minutes of their time, and uh, tell them a little bit about themselves. And so before we do that, though, I did want to read um, two passages in Scripture to you to kind of give you an idea as to um, what we look for in our elders. And uh, this has been emailed out to you guys, these verses, but I want to just kind of read them to you because you can't come to church and not hear from the Word at least a little bit. So um, if you want to open with me to 1 Timothy, we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And if you want to just listen, that's okay, too. I'm going to read these out to you. Uh, this is from the book of Timothy, uh, and this is Paul writing to Timothy, who is a uh, younger leader in the church at this time. It was someone who was uh, mentored closely by Paul, and Paul is writing him saying, hey, there's a lot going on in your life, and uh, I think I can help you out a little bit. One of those situations was um, determining fellow leaders in the church with him because there's a little bit of corruptness that they were dealing with and they wanted to make sure they they kind of cut that out of their church leadership and were looking for the right things. So this is 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 through 7. Uh, the qualifications for overseers and overseers often uh, can uh, in our society mean an elder essentially. Uh, verse 1. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not a violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, uh, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must, be a, he must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought, by, well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So that's Paul's advice to Timothy on this matter when looking for men to help come alongside and lead. Paul also, um, Paul did a lot of writing, and a lot of it was advices to fellow leaders in the church at the time. Um, and so one of his other writings was in the book of Titus. So I'm going to have you turn to Titus 1, verses 5 through 9. Uh, this is when Paul was counseling Titus on how to reach, I believe it's the Cretan people. I could be wrong. It's the people of Crete. I believe those are Cretans. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but uh, this is your pseudo-history lesson here today. Um, and this is, uh, you know, Titus, this book is a lot of uh, similar to what I kind of just explained with Timothy. There's a lot of corruption in the church leadership and in that church that, that Titus was in. And Paul was basically writing to encourage Titus and to say, hey, here are some ways to fix what you're going through. So this is what Paul had to say. In verse 5, qualifications for elders. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order 
and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the, chain, to the charge of debauchery and insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to instruct, to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So, those are some of the qualifications that are laid out in the New Testament for us as we look for elders and leaders in this church. And we as church staff, as the, the elders um, who I, um, we're going to talk to you in a minute, but uh, have... This is not just a, a kind of like, oh, we have a hole, let's, let's, let's take some volunteers and fill the need. This is something that has been months and months and sometimes years of prayer, consideration, and um, these two gentlemen that we're about to talk to um, are people who we believe fit these qualifications. So uh, in order to learn more about them, I want to bring up David Marley. So David, can you join me? Yes, give him a round. Thank you, David. You called me friend earlier. That was pretty I know, good. yeah. Like, wow. We graduated, so uh, no, David. Actually, I've known personally, David. I don't even remember. Do you know how old I was when you met me? You were you weren't born yet. Okay, yeah. so then that's how long it's been. That's why I don't remember. Probably, uh, yeah. I've known David a very long time. He's been a part of this church for many, many years. Uh, him and his family. Um, Went. You know what? I'll let you tell a little bit about it. Hey, no, no, no. This is this is your opportunity. <laughs> I've spoken enough. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and your family in general? Just so my name is David Marley, and so I have uh, my family. I have four kids. I have uh, Caitlin, who's in the back in the sound booth right now, and then I have a, a son named Jonathan, uh, and then. Many years pass, and then I've got two little ones, uh, Jane and Caleb. So, um, and then you guys mostly know my wife, Kelly. She helps uh, run VBS and stuff like that. So that's my family. And then you probably know my my father-in-law and mother-in-law, Mary Beth and uh, Byron Myers. Byron uh, fills in the pulpit here on occasion too. So um, we're connected that way. So that's that's kind of my family. Um, I work at California Baptist University um, out in Riverside. If you guys know that university, go Lancers, right? All right. Thank you, small family. <laughs> and so um, that's actually where I went to school. Um, and so before that, so I started at this church when, when we talked about Cliff Howery. That was when the church was getting founded. It was Chaparral Community Church. That's when I started coming. My mom brought us here um, at the time, and I got to uh, be in the youth ministry. I did, um, and that's where I met Doug, right? He was when he was the youth pastor. And so uh, I was in youth ministry, and... Uh, um, you guys know Roger Ingebretson, right? So Roger's um, son, Alex, was my best friend growing up. So um, my dad passed away from suicide when I was six years old. So Roger was like a dad to me. So, you know, the whole story of this is how I am so connected to Grace Fellowship in one way or another. I'm who I am because of the people here and uh, just what God has done through Grace Fellowship. And so that's pretty cool. Um, so when I graduated, I moved to Riverside to go to school at California Baptist University, and that was when I, you know, it was going to be, I wanted to find a church that was closer to where I was going to school, 
because at the time the church was um, pretty far away in you know, Hacienda Heights area. And so that was going to be a pretty big drive. And so I found this. I went to this small church. It's called um, Harvest. Greg Laurie. Uh, you guys, it's probably not important. So I tried that and, and some other churches out there. Just never really got connected uh, to a church out there. Because, you know, I was um, just tried, you know, oh, I wanted to get in a college and career group or whatever. Um, but ultimately, within probably six months, um, Doug said, hey, you want to come back and uh, be on the worship team here um, at Grace Fellowship? And I said, sure. I was, I was playing guitar at the time, and so I came back, and uh, it was, the worship team was pretty funny back in those days. It was uh, Doug was leading. I was playing guitar. My mom was playing piano. My brother was running sound, and my sister was playing keyboard. Uh, so it was like the Marley show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, with, with Doug. So, uh, you know, connected that time, and, and that was the time where people like um, Ed Baldwin and Fritz Fidel and some other people, you know, were really building into my life at that time. Um, I also met my wife, Kelly, at California Baptist University, and um, when we started dating, she started coming to church with me. She would, uh, we'd go home on the weekend, she would sleep on the couch, you know, and, uh, and then we would come to church on Sunday, and so she started becoming plugged in. Um, ultimately, Doug was one of the pastors that ended up marrying us, and so um, we were connected that way. And then just what all young couples do, we started doing youth ministry here at Grace Fellowship, right? Uh, working with youth and did that for a while, still doing um, worship team ministry. And then um, when Caitlin was born, she thought the car was an abomination, and she would just scream. She would literally know when we got off the off-ramp, she would start crying. Like, it was crazy. So we decided we didn't want to drive 45 minutes to an hour with a screaming child. It was really not a great way to set up a time of worship. And so we, we found a church in Riverside. And so that was, that was hard. You know, we talked about sending people out. As, and that was kind of a time, um, you know, where we left the church. We were sent out under great things. And then other people stepped in. If you remember Steve Sherman. And then, um, then ultimately, uh, you know, others had come along. So we were there in Riverside for probably about eight years and then we went through there a church split, and I'd never gone through that. This had been my church as long as I remember, and everybody here always got along, or at least if they did, it, it, you know, I've never seen people, very harmonious relationship here. And so that was really hard to, to see an actual church split. Um, and so when that happened, you know, we were meeting still with Doug and Christy on occasionally, and they said, hey, why don't you come back to Grace Fellowship just for a little while, you know, just to heal. And so we're like, okay. And it was it was kind of funny. The very first, like, weeks coming back, my wife had just hurt her back, so she couldn't come. So I was coming by myself with the kids, and, like, people who didn't know me were like, oh, is this like a single guy with a single dad or something like that? And then Ed would come over and say hi, and they're like, what's going on here? And so um, then with time, we've just continued to stay here. And so um, it's, it's been really great to just to become more and more involved. It, there's obviously limitations we've had being so far away. Um, you know, just like today, like my wife isn't here with the little ones because we try to rotate or something like that. Obviously, online has given us a lot of opportunities uh, we haven't had before. And so, um, you know, the idea of being so far away but still being connected to people here is, is really cool. And I guess that's kind of where I'm – I've been church treasurer. So when Roger was leaving, um, it kind of worked out that they asked me if I'd step in to do uh, treasury work. Um, you know, I have a, a little bit of accounting background, even though I do um, information technology work. But I have some accounting background, and that's what I was doing at the Church on Riverside. So I stepped in there and, and picked that up and, and made some, you know, implementations and changes. And, you know, uh, hopefully you guys all got your tax statements. So, uh, 
So yeah, I've been doing, I was working on being, you know, kind of involved in leadership here in a little bit and just more on the finance side of things. And then, you know, uh, with time, you know, we'll probably go into that later, but taking for a while, they've just said thinking about eldership and, and then finally this seemed like God's timing. So, and, bef and before I end, I'm, I'm so excited to do this with Scott. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love Scott. So he's cool. He's like a... Scott is great. Scott's a cool guy. So it's pretty cool to be able to go through, looking to go forward to this with uh, yeah. somebody cool. Absolutely. Well, thank you, David. Uh, this this guy is really cool. I can say that about him myself. Um, again, I've known him my whole life. He's been in and out of this church in a sense, but always been a part of it, and it's always been very healthy, and he's always been someone to look up to. So because we're almost done here, I'm going to talk to Scott for a minute um, before we leave, but we're going to have a little bit of time after the service that we don't usually have. I encourage you, go meet David, introduce yourself, talk to him for a little bit. Same thing with Scott. Um, there's, there's coffee out there still. We're going to, this would be a good time to fellowship with each other. So, uh, but David, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Uh, we'll have more about this in the next few weeks. You guys will hear more about this. Um, and um, what I want to do, though, before you step down is just say a little prayer for you. And um, we're going to then invite Scott up. So, uh, Father God, thank you so much for uh, the impact that David has, I mean, personally had in my life, but also in the life of this church, Lord. Um, he is a man after your heart. And we are so grateful, not only that he's a leader of this church, but that he is just a part of this church. So, Lord, thank you so much for him. Um, as he continues going through this process of eldership, give him the wisdom he needs. Give him everything that he needs to, to continue to walk deeper and deeper with you. And, um, Lord, we just thank you so much for David. So, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Dave. All right, Scott, I'm going to call you up. So, if you don't know, uh, this is Scott Small. How you Good morning, Mr. everyone. Small? Uh, this is also a great man um, who I encourage you to meet after service if you haven't already. Um, but this is Scott. He is another man who's going to be just like David, come into eldership here. Um, so, Scott, um, tell us a little bit about you and your family. Okay. Well, I, I'm Scott Small, and my always amazing wife, Michelle, is, is out there. So, uh, we, uh, we came to California about 30 years ago, and I did not uh, want to come, but the, the Lord uh, checked off all the things on my list, and so here I am, but I, that's a little backdrop, so we've been in Southern California for 30 plus years now, and uh, so our, we have three adult children, uh, Justin, Nathan, and Catherine, so Justin lives in Alexandria, Virginia, close to D.C. Uh, Nathan is in Montana, and Catherine's here. Uh, she's um, and she and Caleb, her husband, have visited here before. But all of our children benefited from Grace Fellowship before we started coming here. We've been here about three years, but uh, they would come to the the youth ministry and really benefited a lot. And we're very very grateful for for Grace Fellowship. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, it's uh, an amazing uh, privilege and gift to just be asked to be an elder at this church. So um, I'm looking forward to what what God does. Uh, 
you know, Pastor Doug asked me if I would consider it and pray about it, and we did, and uh, so uh, we're taking the step to see what, what God does next, and uh, I look forward to, you know, getting to know people here, and uh, yeah, so it, it's just, uh, I'm very thankful. It's, it's very humbling, and I look forward to, to, to getting to know everyone, and uh, so I have a, a, I was looking at Psalm 100, and uh, Ephesians chapter 2, so I have a challenge for everybody. If, if you want to read those two chapters and ask me later on uh, if I read them, then uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. But, the, you know, Psalm 100 talks about the, you know, the Lord's our maker, and, uh, you know, we exist for him. Uh, and then in Ephesians 2, it talks about talks about that we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so I appreciate your prayers that I would, I would walk in those. Before we were ever here, God had plans for us. And uh, so anyway, again, it's an honor to be up here. I appreciate your prayers. That's, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, it's funny, too, because he says, you know, before they were even coming here, his kids were benefiting. I, I actually met his oldest son. We had a, we had a couple classes together in college years ago um and i had i didn't even know anything about your family and uh we were like project partners together for years had made good friends connected over the lord and then it was like okay great and then like four years later i hear about the rest of your family and i didn't even make a connection for another year and it's just like oh this is weird but yeah so i think uh you know god brought in Scott and his family to this church, not only for their own impact, but for our impact. And uh, we're really fortunate to have both Scott and David, and, um, and it's, we're just excited. This is, a, this is a cool time for our church. A lot of transitions going on, a lot of people stepping into different roles, and a lot more to do. So, you know, uh, the forward progress theme behind me, it, it's not just back there because that's the, the sermon series that we're going through right now. This is the the place that our church is at right now. We are moving forward. We're progressing in this together, and uh, we're really excited in all aspects of that. So um, before you step down, um, I just want to pray for you, and um, let's do that as a church. Let's pray over Scott. Father God, we just praise you for Scott. Um, The impact he's had in the few years that he's been here on the people here has just been all love, all wisdom, all kindness, and we are so grateful to have him stepping into a leadership role at this church. So um, we just praise your name um, for this opportunity to grow not only alongside Scott, but under his wings in some sense. And we, we praise you for bringing him here to Grace Fellowship for this time. And we're excited for the next steps. So we praise your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Scott. Thank I'll you. I'll take that from you. All right. Well, that's about it. Um, honestly, I, I'm not going to hold you guys much longer. I don't want to. I didn't even think I was coming up here today. So, um, But I do want to just kind of leave you with some encouraging words. Uh, one thing we discussed in our like little huddle meeting before the service today, we we're prepping all of our volunteers and our worship team for, for going on today, um, was, you know what? This is not what we expected um, to happen today. This is not how we expect our service to go. That's okay. Uh, honestly, as Christians, it's kind of good to be reminded sometimes that um, 
our Christian walk is not a Sunday morning sermon. It's uh, loving people. It's um, loving God, and it's changing the world through doing that. So this is kind of one of those opportunities for you to remember. Um, you know, sermons are great. I encourage you to listen to as many as you can. Come here on Sundays when we almost always have them. But it can be a good reminder just that, you know what, that's not what Sunday's about. That's not what your walk is about. And if it is, talk to me. Talk to talk to one of these people. Like, like Stephen said when he was leading us in worship, um, a lot of us here have, have um, information and personal testimony as to why God is good in our lives and in the lives of others. So talk to us outside. We're going to grab some coffee. I encourage you to do that. Um, let's stand. I'm going to pray for you, and we are going to go. So hopefully our kids learn something real quick today because there isn't much time for them. <laughs> Father God, thank you so much for this church. Thank you for the things you are doing in this church, in this city, in this country, Lord, and that we can be an igniter for you here. Um, thank you for the men that you are calling into leadership at this church. Bless them throughout the week. Um, help it just to be a great step in the direction that you are taking us, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that we can go out of here and love on you further. And we thank you that the Rams are in the Super Bowl. Go Rams. Amen. Have a great Sunday, everybody.